Well, amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, if you're joining us online, uh, we want to give you a very warm welcome as well. And uh, we're blessed that you're uh, engaging with us as Willow Park Church. If you're new to Willow Park Church, you may be aware that we're uh, a church of four locations, six congregations, uh, right the way through Kelowna's area. And we have been preaching real life which is not just a sermon series, it is the stated vision of our eldership and board as we push forward in building the kind of church that we want to build. We start off with the R as a redeemed life. And I spoke to you about the redeemed life, about the whole idea of... um, of, 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 of there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And, uh, and if you don't realize, Willow Park Church is a church that believes in the power of the gospel to change lives. Amen? We love the gospel. We love what it does in lives. We love the way that people are transformed week after week by, by the power of the gospel. And, and there is no condemnation. And then the second week, we looked at the whole idea of the great exchange, the great biblical truth that, that he who knew no sin became sin. Uh, and, and, and we who are sinners receive the gift of righteousness, not by our own work, but a gift of God through salvation. And we are the most fortunate people on the planet. I, I want to remind you that. You are born again. You have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a child of God. And not only that, we then looked at the empowered life. And we started to look at the area of justification. Great words. Uh, The fact that you are justified not because of what you do, but because of all that that Christ has done. And we're adopted into his family. In that great courtroom, the the hammer's gone down according to the law of God and you have been condemned, but Jesus has walked into the courtroom and says, uh, you know, forgiven. And you walk out of that courtroom of condemnation, take a deep breath. Not only are you free and forgiven, but you are now a child of the living God. You're not an orphan. You are a child of, of God. Amen. Uh, it's wonderful. And, um, and we looked at that empowered life. And then we talked about having done uh, redemption, um, sanctification we then moved on to about the process that although all of these things are a gift um, and we can't earn them we're dead in our sin Uh, there's nothing we can do Uh, and yet the gift of God of grace and faith are a gift from him that gives to us but there is now in our character and in our walk with God the road of sanctification in other words the habits that hold us down can be broken and we can be transformed more like Jesus Christ in other words that anger problem that you live with you don't have to live with it We've been doing set free all week and I've been praying with lots of people and hearing the most amazing testimonies. That issue with, um, with battling with the, your thought life and lust, you don't have to live with it. You can be renewed in your mind. You can think differently. That unforgiveness and that bitterness that seems to be with you for years. No, no. Uh, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. I love being a Christian which is a relief because I'm your pastor. And 
I love it because of all the goodness that is in. And last week, it got even better under Empower. We talked about being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to know what we are as a church, we're a church that preaches the gospel relentlessly. We're a church that encourages us to be transformed by the power of Christ in our character. And we're a church that believes we can only survive in this world by being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. And finally, under the E, before we move on to activate um, um, in the following weeks, is we want to talk about empowered, we want to talk about gifts. And we want to talk about the role of gifts within our lives and circumstances and spiritual gifts that, that are in, in the body and the gifts that God has given us. Because part of this e is to realize that there are gifts within our lives. Now, why do we talk about gifts? Well, there are 19 gifts in the New Testament. They fall into... Uh, uh, there in Romans chapter 12, uh, you have gifts. It talks uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And there in Ephesians with the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, teachers, right there. So you have uh, 19 gifts that exist in the body. So why is it important for me this morning to talk to our family about gifts? I'll tell you why. Very simply... Because when you understand that there are gifts in the body of Christ, then we understand where we are to fit in and what is our role. And you may not realize this, but when you join the body of Christ, you join a local church, you become a member of a local church, and there is accountability and relationship, what actually happens is that there are gifts that God has given you in salvation, and these gifts can be used for the glory of the kingdom of God. In other words, you don't just get your ticket to heaven and wave it, hallelujah, the Willy Wonka golden ticket. I've said that a lot. I need to stop it. Um, and, and, and you get there and then you sit and your Christian life is about coming and sitting at Willow Park Church, or however wonderful that is. Um, and then that's it. So, oh, I became a Christian. What do you do? I come and sit on these. I have to say I was at Trinity for a conference a week ago and... Um, and our pews are slightly more comfortable. Um, I'm sorry, um, but it was true. Uh, we were going, oh gosh, oh gosh, you know. Um, and it's the padding. It makes all the difference. Uh, but is that it? Is it just to be pew fodder? Just to turn up and attend? Absolutely not. You are called to have a role in the body of Christ. You are called to have a role. And, and what the apostle teaches us about gifts is number one is that you should not be uninformed about gifts in, in the body. In other words, it is beholden on those in spiritual leadership, eldership, boards, pastoral, as we lead the church, that we need you to be informed about spiritual gifts because they are so important in the life of the church. Why? Because we are the body of Christ. And, and also, you have gifts within you that need to be developed and need to grow in your life. The young pastor, we say he's young, but Timothy, 
uh, was placed in leadership in local church. A loved, a loved disciple of Paul. And, and Paul reminds him in the second letter to Timothy, he says to him, listen, don't you remember? Let me remind you something. And f- some of us in the body of Christ, we need this little reminder again. Well, what do you mean, a reminder? Well, I need to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Of my, he says, of my hands. So there is definitely a sense that Timothy has a gift of God within him that's what, that needs to be fanned into flame so that it burns brightly. And the danger in the body of Christ is that there's all this gifting that God has placed within us as individuals. And the one thing that we're not doing is using the gift of God that has been placed in our lives. And it's not being fanned into flame in our lives. One of the sad things about Western Christianity is the endless momentum of people moving from church to church. And, and the body of Christ and I often talk to people and they say, I say, but you're in a body. They said, yes, I'm just, I'm the blood, I'm circulating. Um, <laughs> no. We're very into, we believe in, in, in membership and we believe in body and we believe in togetherness of tribes of people. Why do we do that? Because when you circulate, there's no accountability And when you move regularly, there's no relationship. And therefore, it is difficult for you to function in the true spiritual gifts that God has given you. And when you dig into a church and you dig into it, you are able to lead that group that God has called you to do. The beautiful thing, the fact that, I mean, this September we kicked off our youth and we had 1,100 teenagers in in our youth program this September. The best year ever. Praise God for that. Um, It's brilliant. Absolutely, salvation's happening But do you know why it's working really? It's working because our youth pastor has been there for 16 years. That's why it's working. The average length of a youth pastor in a Canadian church is 18 months to three years. And we wonder why youth in British Columbia is going down and, and churches no longer have youth groups. Because longevity builds consistency, releases gifts, and when you're committed, God can use you more powerful. Because you know with your plants in the garden, the deeper the root goes, the farther the tree goes up, and the more fruit that there is. We need root. And when there's root, there's fruit. And when there's root, there's gifts that are at work that take place. So why do we need to study and understand spiritual gifts? Well, first of all, they're in the scripture. Secondly, we understand them because they are present, that there are various kinds of gifts, and these various kinds of gifts are about the same spirit. I love this. Um, And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. 
And, and, and to each given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? It's for the common good. In other words, when you allow the Lord to develop the gifts of God that has been placed in your life, what's it for? It's for the common good. When you are not allowed or you resist punning down roots, you resist participating in the body and you resist in your life that sense of, of, of allowing that giftedness, those, those areas of your life that you're naturally gifted to do, um, then, then we all lose out. We lose out when you do not function as God has called you to function. The body loses out when we do that. We've had a beautiful example of this. Um, Tess and, and Brianne both uh, found Christ's reviving power as children in this church. Uh, what about if there were no Sunday school teachers? But now they're in Africa planting churches, digging wells, and, and, and touching lives through healthcare centers at the same time. Isn't that fantastic? I know them, because when I arrived, they're in grade 12 or something. I don't know if I've got my timings exact, but, and they were in university. They just started university, and up at uh, UBCO, there was no pushing back. They were faithful in school, and then what are they doing? They're at university phoning me up and talking to me and saying, Pastor Phil, we, we joined an evangelism team, and every Friday night, we're going out and witnessing to all the students on campus. You see... You can see the gift of mercy, the gift of service, and the gift of evangelism blending in their lives. And there they are at UCBO on the campus witnessing for Jesus Christ. They do their degrees as a nurse and an engineer. And now they're on the mission field with a bigger responsibility because they were faithful in the small. God used them to propel them around this world. Now, I'm not saying that when you start to use your gifts, you're going to end up in Africa. I'd like to be here with somebody. But you've got gifts. You've got gifts. And it's time that you started using them in the body. Uh, small group leaders should not be um, the, the hardest people to find in our church. There should be people transforms us. When we use the gifts, it builds us up and it transforms us. Um, and it does, it transforms us. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. To what? To build up the body of Christ. And the reason we run life tracks the reason we run set free, the reason we run hearing God, the reason we're running Alpha and want you know, lots of people involved in Alpha is why? Is because we can, we can equip the saints for ministry. And it will continue to go that route with our vision to keep releasing and equipping and keep moving forward because we transform the world through our activities and we transform the church through our activities. And what happens is that we grow together in maturity. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. 
from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So when we release gifts and spiritual gifts within the body, we work together as a body, we equip each other as a body, we grow as a body, and it's all propelled by the power of love within the body. So, so you might say, well, what are the gifts of the Spirit? What, what are they? I've heard some things about it, and many that come, and we have a beautiful um, amount of people finding Christ, and, and you might say, oh, this is all new to me. It's all new to me to understand what the gifts are. Well, uh, the gifts, uh, as we've said, that there are a variety of gifts, but the gifts can be really broken down into, into three areas. Area number one is what we call the mercy gifts. Area number two is what we call the word-based gifts. And area number three is what we call the power gifts. And they all are, are, have, have a role to play within the body. So, for example, word-based gifts are like the, the ability to teach, to bring clarity to the word. Uh, that person who has the gift of encouragement or exhortation is what we call in the body an activator. They like to get alongside people, pat them on the back and say, come on, let's get going. We need that. Pat them, not kick them. There are those with the gift of prophecy. There are a number of kinds of, of, of prophecy. There is, in, in Romans 12, there is the, the prophecy which is declaring the word of God with such power and such relevance to the day that it impacts the situation. There is prophecy in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, which is the blessing of others through the words that you speak that edify and build them up and encourage them. And some of you may say, well, I don't, I don't do that. It's a bit, that's the other church. But I've met a lot of you in the words you speak and the way that you pray. You are bringing encouragement, edification, and building up. You just don't realize it sometimes, do we? And, 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 and there is that, 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 that word base. There is the apostle, a misused word. Certainly how we see the apostle is one that pushes forward and pioneers new ministries in the most profound way. And that we need that. We have apostolic figures within our own denomination who are planting churches right the way across our country. And it's magnificent, isn't it? But they can only do that because of that gifting. There is the, the pastor who is into your growth and your development. And, and bless pastors. Pastors are a great gift. Pastors who have the gift are, are a real blessing. I love pastors, particularly those with English accents. I really love them. But they have a role to play. The evangelist who can easily introduce people to the theme of Christianity and chat them. We've got 
lots of lovely evangelists in our church. They usually end up sat around alpha tables talking to people and chatting. And, and whenever they get in a taxi, they become friends with the taxi driver. And before they know it, they're praying for them. We need the evangelists. And we need those that lead or influence that rule for good governance. And so we have the, the word gifts. We have the mercy gifts. Those are people that give resources. Those are people that have the gift of perhaps generating funds and money and resources and bringing resources together and then give it away generously so that we can achieve some of those magnificent things in the kingdom of God. And if you've got the gift of making money, God bless you. Be generous because that is a gift from the Lord. There's the mercy, caring for people. There are the helps ministries that add, add life to others and are always willing to just jump in and help. I know the blessing of that, you know, when my car breaks down. There's a couple of people I can call and say, can you give me some advice? And they whip round and before I know it, they're underneath the bonnet, the hood, or the boot. Uh, and they lift up the car. Because they're superhero helpers. Uh, they're like, anyway, I'll leave the Avengers out of this. And, and there they are, and, and they've got the ministry of helps. Aren't you thankful for Christians who love to serve and help others? You're like that, but may you've been burnt. There is, the, there is those who, who uh, are into governance. Administration is a spiritual gift within the biblical text, to be able to bring order, to be able to bring a complete finisher for those of you that are able to administer within your areas and then use that gift within the body of Christ is, is wonderful. There are power gifts of, of uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. We've already read about the variety of gifts that exist, but there are those moments when, when you're praying with somebody and you get a word that, that comes from nowhere and suddenly you know that this word of wisdom, this knowledge that you have to be able to minister into this situation is profound and it's manifested for the common good so people can be encouraged. When, when we're praying at Willow One Prayer, and people step forward and they pray in faith. When the elders gather at the front and, and they pray for people in our services for healing, we're praying that, that the power ministry will be there, that, that there will be healing and that there will be discernment in all that we do and they're distinguishing what is taking place. I'm running through these, but I can't do an exhausted study on them at the moment and, and, and so on. That these are, are mercy gifts, word gifts, and power gifts. So... The reality is we need them all operating in the body of Christ. You see, the word people probably need the power people because there's always a danger that we can stagnate and we need to be reminded that, that we can have faith to believe God. The power people need to be reminded that we need mercy because the answer isn't always just pray about it. Right? Oh, great. 
I mean, I'm lying in a hospital bed. I'd like a mixture of gifts, please. Remember this in the future. I'd like, you, I'd like somebody with the gifts of healing to turn up who's got faith to pray that I'll get well. Thank you very much. I, um, at that moment, I probably don't want a Bible study in the book of Leviticus as I'm lying there on my sit bed. When I go and pray with anybody at, in the hospital, I go and pray and ask the Lord for the, a gift of healing at that moment for that situation. But once I'm healed, I need somebody with the gift of helps and mercy to deliver a beautiful Chinese, please. And, or a meal. Is that wonderful? And, and people come around and help and, and recover. Thank God for the ministry of presence within our church. We've got something like 60 people that volunteer to visit people in homes and pray with people and bless people who, who flow in the ministry of mercy. So why is there cautiousness over gifts? Well, rightly so there should be. Paul wrote about order. He wrote about correctness. He wrote about, about the unbeliever coming in. And we must be wise because our primary mission is to win the world and then disciple people. I think we are cautious. I am cautious. We are cautious. Because we have seen bad practice at work. It's been a focus in one area that suddenly has become difficult. It's hurt people. It's wounded people. And it's, it's been handled in a way that has been spectacular and dramatic. And yet, in some of lives, in some situations, I don't want to stereotype, has created more pain than good fruit. So I believe a church can exist with all the gifts as long as there's strong leadership and as long as we, we practice well. What does that mean? And so there's a lot of confusion about this that goes on. A lot of excess. A lot of pain that has been created in all of the gifts actually. Whole denominations have gone the mercy way and they've just become a helping organization and they've lost the power of the word and the gospel. I sit with my friends with... Certain denominations in Canada, I won't mention them, in case any of you are united. But they do, they do, I've got great theologian friends who are in the United Church working away, but they admitted themselves, we have completely lost any sense of the conversion power of the gospel out of what was a Methodist movement full of the power of God in its foundation. They're just really wonderful mercy people, whole denomination. And other areas, it can go so far the other way. And we need balance. So what are the Phil's rules? Because that's what you're really interested in. I'll tell you what my rule is. I, I do shy away from the continuous, relentless search for the spectacular. Because I can see the supernatural at work amongst us in the mundane, and it is spectacular. I shy away from anything that isn't good, that isn't building up, that isn't full of love. And I shy away where there is bad character. 
And right there in our vision document, we say we hold character always higher than gifting. See, I may be an evangelist with the blending of a pastor, a unique gift. I understand that. I understand that. Uh, and, and there are a few of us, the greatest of which is, is, is Rick Warren, uh, a pastor's heart. But, but as his dad was dying, his dad spoke to Rick Warren and said, just keep believing for one last soul. And, you know, has won tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to Christ in Orange County, California. But you know, I, 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 I realize that, that if I preach well, but my character is wrong, then there's a problem. And in all of these areas, we have mercy gift people whose character may even be wrong because they're doing it out of a sense of, I'm Superman, and I'm coming to save you, and I'm going to help you, and you become a rescuer, and that is not a good character way to minister in mercy gifts. Word ministry can become negative. Why? Because it can become, you know, well, it's my way or the highway. It is this way. And, and, and I'm going to preach it up. And we all know the excesses and failure of, of people with word ministries and how they can become controlling and negative and, and the damage that calls in, in local church. And then the power gifts, when it all comes in one way, but there's no goodness, there's no love, it's all, and, and then suddenly gifts are used in such a way that, that, that people are walking away from church. If it smells like the Old Testament, I am suspicious. My Christology demands that when we operate spiritual gifts within the body, it is Christ-centric, it is Christ's way. We are not Old Testament, we are New Testament, although there we, we are the fruit of the wonder of all that God did through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we talked through the... But, but you know, when it comes to the way I function now, I function in the New Testament, and my, my example is my Savior. Because he's the only one that had all the gifts in himself. And that's a very good point of why you need and we need gifts. Because we're a body and we're called the body of Christ. And we need each other to function as a full body. So it's important that we, we step into that. It's important that you fan up the flame of, uh, of the gift that God has placed within your life. So yes, there are challenges. Yes, there are ex excesses in all of these areas. And yes, sometimes each group condemns each other. And then sometimes there's a blending of gifting. And, and that is the journey that we're on and we can't unpack it all but as, and explain it. But the, the, hear this message. God has a place for you to fit. God has put a gift within your life. And we as a church want to see the gifts that God has placed within your life released in this body. But it's character number one. And if you minister out of wrong character then you will create damage. When you minister out of goodness and love, you will bless others, we will grow, and we will be fruitful. It's wonderful, isn't it? 
So what should you do practically from this little introduction? Well, first of all, uh, what we should do is, 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 is we should realize that the gifts are given to all believers. We should understand that we're all very different and learn to live with each other in our difference. We should remember that there are the mercy gifts, the power gifts, and the word gifts, and we need to work through what that means within our context and in your life. You may have the teaching gift of the word, and you come to me, I've got a teaching gift of the word. Can I preach on Sunday morning? Have you ever preached? No. Have you ever been any biblical training? <laughs> This is my ninth message since Friday. Any biblical training? No. Well, maybe you need to start in one-on-one because you can teach the word one-on-one and take somebody that knows less than you and build them up and then build a group. And then what happens? We will build each other up. The church will grow and will be transformed. So final points. We discover our gifts as we pursue them. You've got to be active in this. You've got to say and, and, and examine yourself and say, what is my gift? What has God called me to do? And pursue that in your life. Some of you are doing, I mean, we're so blessed with the amount of volunteers and people engaging. <coughs> but we have to pursue what God has placed in our lives. And the next, the gifts needs are confirmed by others. This is very important. The others around you see, wow, that's working, that's happening. You see, it's, it, think of it as like three circles. It's about ability. It's about affinity. So you, often you do have... Some of the gifts, you have natural ability in that area. Um, and, and so God comes and he transforms it and he uses it in his kingdom and redeems it to be that ability grows. And you bless the church, you bless the world. There's affinity. What do I mean by that? Well, actually, you love doing what you're doing. It'd be dreadful if, you know, you didn't like what you were doing. If I had, uh, you know, a natural, uh, it's my natural affinity. And, and then there is affirmation as you grow in that gift by the body around you, affirming what is God is doing and, and God is working the way God is, God is moving. And I would encourage you, that out of that then flows immense joy. Because you know, being gift-driven brings great joy and confidence to you because you know where God has called you and where you should minister and what you should do in the body. We have, you know, if you think every opportunity, we have a, a, a thriving prayer ministry in this church of intercessors and praying and they, they're hearing what God's saying and they're writing it down and they're submitting it to the leadership and they pray for each of the pastors. And, you know, we've got over 28 staff across our network of churches. And, and 
and they're, they're praying for each staff member and, and, and care group leaders and, and this engine of prayer that is going on is magnificent with, with this and volunteers in the Hope Center and MCC and gifts of ministry of mercy flowing right the way through is, is wonderful. Uh, I just am trying to encourage you to pursue your calling I'm encouraging you to fan it into flame. Get on your knees. Blow a bit. Get the fire going. Let God use you. And where you know where you've been used in the past, but you've wandered off, get back to where you should be. And that you would enjoy the joy of God's presence at work. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. I love this little phrase. Let us use them. It's as simple as that. You say, what did Pastor Phil preach on? He preached about gifts and he said, would you just use them? I could be really corny at this moment. I've noticed my wife has stepped out. You should use them before you lose them. Oh, terrible. (laughs) But it's true. Because God has put something in you that shouldn't be lost to the body of Christ. Let's stand together. As we stand and... Your homework for this week (laughs) is to spend some time in prayer listening to the voice of the Lord and asking the Lord, where is that gift in your life? Where are you called to serve? What are you called to do? If you're online, let us know. Maybe where you've listened to this message and let us know. Spend some time in prayer. Crack open the Bible, start to understand it, get a good commentary, start to work it through and start to wrestle with, uh, with your membership in a vibrant church body that is preaching a redeemed message, that is seeing people empowered by God and that is trying to activate the body and it built on the foundation of prayer. I really... Sh- we had a good debate about our monthly prayer meeting because it fell on Halloween. I know you shouldn't debate these things. I didn't really, you know. We, we thought, should we have the church prayer meeting on Halloween? And the answer is yes. Isn't it beautiful that on the day that the world goes dark... For a night that the church gathers and prays to the King of Light. Isn't that wonderful? But I only get 150 out usually. And last month there was 90. Because we were starting again. And this morning across Willow Park Church there will be over a thousand people gathering. Plus children. If you're free... On Halloween, and you're not robbing everybody of more candy, (laughs) come and pray with us.
for our city, our nation, and our church tomorrow night at seven o'clock and stand in the gap because we are a listening church and we're built on prayer. Amen. Sing a song to finish. (laughs) It's good. Fan into flame the gift of God within you. Don't limit the Lord. If you have areas where you feel your gift has gone, it's dull, and you'd like some prayer, come and stand at the front. We'll pray with you in this song, and we'll just simply know why you've come. I need my gift to be fanned into flame again in my life. Come and stand and get some lovely prayer.